0: to another episode of the Future Cities Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Elser. This month, we'll be talking with a URX SRN scientist about a recent publication called Fail Safe and Safe to Fail Adaptation, Decision Making for Urban Flooding Under Climate Change. The paper was published just about a year ago in the journal Climatic Change. We'll be talking quite a bit about infrastructure today, so if you'd like some extra background about some of the topics in today's discussion, you can go back and listen to our previous episode entitled Resilience in Infrastructure. Without further ado, let's get to our guest. Joining us today is Yeohan Kim, who is a postdoctoral researcher at Arizona State University. Uh, Welcome, Yeohan. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, Stephen. Thank (laughs) you for inviting me for a podcast episode.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, Now, before we jump in, uh, I'd just like to give the listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit more. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, your background, uh, what your general research interests are, uh, why do you study this, how did you get here?
1: So hello everyone. Um, my name is Youngwon Kim. As uh, Stephen introduced, I'm a postdoc researcher with the UREX SRN, and I am right now focusing on theory comparisons of climate change adaptation researches. And to introduce, uh, to start with, uh, like a broader research interest of mine, that I'm very much interested in implementing scientific solutions for tackling global challenges like adverse impacts coming from climate change, urban, urbanization, and natural resource management. And I want to implement these scientific solutions with actionable policies towards like long-term solutions. Um, the reason why I'm really uh, focused on long-term solutions is that I think near-term solutions uh, can be possible with innovative technologies and engineering practices. But however, long-term solutions are also required like sound policy uh, that supports societal goals, like educating vulnerable populations, and suggesting cultural-based strategies to sustain the future generations. So that's kind of my broad uh, research question related to sustainability. Um, To introduce uh, my background a little bit, I am also a recent graduate of School of Sustainability at Arizona State University. Uh, It's a very transdisciplinary uh, program that encourages students to work towards solutions across diverse disciplines. And and before that, I have a background uh, from my bachelor's and master's degree in civil and environmental engineering. So while I was working with uh, UXRN, uh, I was introduced by this concept of SETS system, social, ecological, and technological systems, uh, to deal with climate change adaptation and to, towards climate change adaptation, and then uh, because of my civil engineering background, I quickly got into uh, think about what's the role of infrastructure in this changing environment. And then when I, when we think about infrastructure, uh, infrastructures are designed or built environment or built systems that are expensive to create yeah. and hard to change. And so thus, they are usually like long standing and they have like substantial influence on the functioning on human and natural systems. Yeah. So when we think about these characteristics of built environments, um, um, namely uh, infrastructure, it's it also provides like guidance to humans and ecosystem activities, yeah. but it also at the same time consumes lots of resources. But also, ironically, at the same time, it makes a lot of resources available to humans and ecosystems, so I think infrastructure is very like ubiquitous, ubiquitous uh, system in the in the global society right now. So that's how I got into the topic of infrastructure, and I really um, become interested about like what's the new role, what's the changing role of infrastructure um, going. To, uh, going uh, forward with the future uh, climates and
0: environments. Well, that all sounds really interesting and uh, really important. So looking forward to chatting with you a bit more and hearing more specifics about uh, the kinds of things that uh, you've been doing. Uh, so before, uh, well I guess right off the bat, to, to get into the paper, uh, right there in the title are a couple of terms that I want to address, uh, fail safe and safe to fail. I think that most people listening probably have heard the term fail-safe before, but I imagine safe-to-fail might be new to a lot of people. Uh, could you just tell us what these two terms mean?
1: Okay, so as you already all you know, noticed that I I am promoting first safe-to-fail system, but I'm going to start explaining what the fail-safe system first because the title says fail-safe to, <laughs> fail-safe to fail. So, um, so traditionally many infrastructure systems are designed as fail-safe. They are designed to prevent any level of failure up to a certain risk threshold based on risk calculation. Thus, when infrastructure failure does occur, the consequences to human life or properties and other infrastructure systems can be enormous and catastrophic because these consequences are not included in the risk calculation. So risk-based fail-safe approaches are often contingent on the statistical analysis of identified risk, the specific risk, but often do not account for uncertainties associated with these risk calculations. And also with the future climate change and like complex and interconnected infrastructure systems it, that that exist in the urban area, and also, most importantly, unpredictable human behavior, yeah. <laughs> and like the decision making of the human yeah. system. Um, as a result, you know, when these fail systems are disrupted, the results can be the consequences can be catastrophic and especially when they are confronted with a low probability and high impact um extreme weather events. Yeah. So but on the other end, a safe fail approach Yeah. <laughs> uh, s- uh, still manage the risk but also recognizes consequences of infrastructure failure that may arise from the earth uncertainties uh, within the risk calculation. And it also focuses on strategies that do not necessarily comprom- compromise the entire urban system upon failure. Yeah. So, safe uh, say to fail approach, uh, it, rather, uh, it's, uh, it rather than focusing uh, exclusively on reducing the probability of a certain uh, failure or the risk occurring, but it uh, resonates with the readiness engineering strategies uh, by acknowledging the wide range of possible mechanisms and consequences of infrastructure failure beyond the calculated risk and the design safety threshold. Yeah. So um, I guess um, maybe a good example of uh, kind of comparing this fail-safe safe yeah, to fail uh, approach will be uh, the project that uh, has been done in Netherlands uh, called room for the river so so this example I like to take it uh, to explain failsafe and safe to fail because it actually moved from failsafe uh, approach to safe to fail oh. approach to uh, deal with the f- chronic flooding problems in Netherlands so um, um, as many people would uh, familiar with it with the situation of Netherlands there are they are really. Uh, they have a co- chronic problem of flooding because of the sea level lies and high uh, heavy precipitations. So, based on the based on the uh, risk calculation from the historical data and the climate projections, what they needed to do the with the traditional infrastructure was that had to kept uh, uh, raising the levee heights yeah. over and over again, and that it was really expensive to do it, yeah. and then the. The system itself will be like a massive and difficult to manage. So, uh, instead of uh, raising the levee height uh, to deal with the increasing flooding risk, the uh, communities and the uh, the government decided to intentionally expand the flood prone area into the nearby farmland farmlands. So, um, so for them, by using the farmlands as a flood waste and developing a subsidy for the Affected farmer for the lowest crop production if there's a flooding happening and local flood flood management um, um local flood management so kind of subsidizing them when there is a very consequences of this uh, from the flood prone area um they could uh they were able to redirect the urban damages to the less like socially economically vital regions and reduce the overall impact of flooding in the region so. Like managed consequences yeah. and expected consequences from the infrastructure design itself. Yeah. So, I think that's a kind of good way that we, un- we can understand about how they are different, how yeah. they are
0: different approaches. That's that's a that's a really cool example moving from a former fail-safe to safe to fail. But I, I imagine that must be pretty hard because I think when you were saying earlier, fail-safe infrastructure tends to be very rigid. Mm. So making it more flexible for a wide variety of uh, possible floods and whatnot. Uh seems like it would be difficult but I think what you just outlined here is is to achieve that you have to move beyond just the pure technological side of infrastructure and you need to incorporate some social knowledge as well as even some ecological knowledge.
1: Yes, correct. So um, so like if you think about a uh, fail-safe approach like one good strategy to achieve a fail-safe and robust infrastructure system is oversizing the Yeah, structure right. itself. But um, to do the safe-to-fail approach, it like uh, as you said, it needs more considerations and more engaging one with uh, stakeholders in the region, because we have to think about how might the consequences of system failure affect the region in what way and it what type of yeah. impacts from it there. So here, it's you know the sets uh, systems approach are. Coming into uh, how can we better design safe to fail system, and I think that engaging with like multiple stakeholders and multi level of institution is like a really key points, and that, that's how the Netherlands Dutch case also was related to today.
0: Yeah, right. So, uh, it's, can you tell us um, when did safe to fail infrastructure sort of start to to gain steam as as a design approach?
1: Uh, sure. Um, so, to uh, while I was working on this paper I did also literature review about yeah. what are the current studies or the, what are the previous studies who say to fail and then were where, uh, where it kind of started from so and then I kind of um, uh, summarized uh, the previous research in three uh three main um, study uh, areas and disciplines, and I think those three are uh, one from urban planning, water management, and green infrastructure research area, and then second from safety science and risk analysis um, area, more like engineering focus. And then the third uh, uh, research uh, discipline is uh, more recent. Uh, It's like, it's moving from risk-based analysis to resilience based analysis so it's like coming from the resilience engineering perspective. And then um, if I uh, explain a little bit about those, um, so this urban planning and water management and green infrastructure uh, perspective, what they to fail is that it encourages, and innovations in low risk context. So they're usually like small scale. And um, while they they aim to assess the achievements and the performance of the specific like ecosystem services, they are also um, looking at how they can overcome the uh, failure situation. But in this case, uh, failure is like experienced um, and learning for the future uh, practices. So uh, they are not really uh, designing with the consideration of failure consequences itself. Because they assume that the, this small scale failure will be absorbed within the system, but they will have a ecosystem benefits. Uh, over that, yeah. and the second uh, kind of research area, um, safety from safety science and risk risk analysis, uh, they think the safety to um, this area focuses on the safe to fail can be achieved by adding uh, safety barriers to safety barriers to the system. So, like uh, increasing the redundancy of the system uh, to contain the harm within the system boundary. So, good example will be. The near near miss failure of the Oroville Dam mm-hmm. uh, it happened in two thousand and seventeen. If uh, if we think about that, uh, dams initial function is to control flow rate of river. The the dam has a uh, secondary spill waste When this function is uh, exceeded and uh, uh, in the river is uh, near near overflows. So, but they, so in this case, they used the uh, secondary spillways and then the uh, emergency spillways as well to deal with this overflow of the reservoir. But uh, it, but they ha- did not think about the impact of the ecosystem services that are disrupted by this inundation of the spillways, or they didn't think about the downstream area that will be affect- affected by this raised water level. Uh, Flowing from the spillway so in this case also, even though they um, safely kept the system within the boundary without the dam failure or dam disruption, but they have not thought about other consequences that could that might happen because of this uh, redundancy of the system. Mm-hmm. And then um, more recently, um, these conversations between risk-based analysis, uh, risk-based and Resilience-based uh, engineering perspective um, um, highlights that uh, we have to strengthen the social-technical like interactions, like uh, through like sensing, anticipating, adapting, adapting, and learning process, um, um, aka called solve process. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also, uh, like this studies is limited that. Um, I mean, it, this study considers that you know, unforeseeable risk can happen because of climate change, but they also have limitations that they does not incorporate the consequences of failure in the system design yeah. and development. So these three kind of main research discipline area are where they have thought about safe
0: <laughs> Okay. So uh, what were the goals of this paper, and, and why do you think it's uh, important?
1: So. Um, I guess the purpose of uh, this work is to provide guidance for how to apply say-to-fail for infrastructure resilience by combining climate models, uh, infrastructure engineering method, and decision analysis. And I think it is important because we demonstrate that um, how the say-to-fail decision framework can consider different resilience characteristics along with the predicted risk. Mm -hmm. And also, we provide understandings of how the different failure modes uh, can be uh, happen or can happen or can be experienced in their area from the infrastructure failure. So I guess this is like kind of first attempt to apply the concept of say build fail into the decision frame, gotcha. uh, decision making, and decision support framework.
0: Yeah, well, sounds important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now I uh, just t- want to talk a little bit about some of the methods that you used. Uh, so could you uh, briefly describe what the EPA's uh, stormwater management model is and its use? I know a lot of my friends and colleagues that uh, study flooding use this SWIM model. This is the SWIM model. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, But I've never really known exactly what it is and how mm-hmm. it works, so uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about it.
1: Sure. Uh, it's actually very like straightforward uh, simulation program, so it's developed by Environmental Protection Agency mm-hmm. of the United States, mm-hmm. called the Stormwater management model, SWIM. And it's a dynamic uh, rainfall runoff wiring simulation model used, uh, can, that can be used for a single event or the long-term like continuous uh, events yeah. of uh, to simulate the storm runoff quantity and the qu- uh, quality from, uh, and then the kind of the... the the Intended uh, designed uh, yeah. target area to, to use this simulation is primarily urban areas. Yeah. So that's why it's keep becoming really, really kind of uh, popular among researchers because we are all interested in um, uh, calculating the run ups in the urban area, but it's, it's very challenging to calculate the run ups uh, in the urban area because there's high impervious rates. Right. So that's why it's, the, it's one of the few that's uh, available, what free of cost. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so the the way uh, the SWIM runs the simulation is that it uses three different variables related to cli- climate, um, climates, uh, and climates, <laughs> um, and then they use these climate-related variables in hydrologic um, calculations. Yeah. So, one thing is one of Primary driving force for SWIM simulation is precipitation. Makes sense. And then also the evaporation determines for SWIM model to calculate how quickly surfaces and soils can dry out between mm-hmm. storm events. Yeah. And the third uh, variable is the air temperature. Yeah. And this is used to model the sometimes you know the precipitation can be from the snow snow melt. So yeah, right. They car- uh, use temperature to snow melt proteins and also can be used to estimate the rate gotcha. to rates uh, um, um, from the air temperature. Yeah. So for this specific study of uh case of Phoenix roadway flooding, mm-hmm. I used the SWIM model to simulate the rainfall runoff transformation and the runoff running process in the main pipes of the generation network in, uh, in the Phoenix urban area for uh, for about
0: 100-year uh, frequencies to give it. So you mentioned uh, in this paper uh, sort of planning and decision-making for the future and some prioritized solutions. Uh, So can you describe how your team uh, chose those prioritized solutions?
1: So we wanted to uh, look at what uh, flooding management solutions are available to do a fail-safe design or fail-safe-to-fail design. Mm -hmm. To do that, we had to consider a suit of regional characteristics that fit into fail-to-fail and fail-safe. But also at the same time, we needed to know that what flood management solutions are available across across the country. Mm -hmm. So we largely focused on um, uh, literatures that talked about stormwater management solutions in the U.S. in different cities. So we collected about um, 40 different flooding management solutions, and then we kind of narrowed it down that are directly related to the roadway flooding management solutions, and then we each of them, we evaluate them with the nineteen characteristics of resilience. that can either be safe, to fail or fail safe, mm-hmm. and then we I, um, we categorize these different solutions with this character nineteen resilience characteristics to, to characteristics to see that um, how might one solution uh, feature more fail safe characteristics of resilience or fail safe characteristics of resilience. And then we, um, um, so to kind of provide some initial framing of how certain regimen's characteristics, characteristics fit into safe to fail versus fail-safe regimes, we used the multi-criteria decision analysis, MCDA, mm-hmm. which uh, allowed us to use the multiple, uh, multiple decision criteria to come up with uh, solution rankings of one topic. And at the same time, uh, we also wanted to know that how this uh, perspective or how the concept of safe to fail can be uh, perceived across different researchers or across different uh, contexts of um, uh, infrastructure developments. So um, we uh, evaluated the current uh, researchers on safe to fail and then came up with seven different perspectives of how what researchers think about the safety feel, and mm-hmm. then this seven different perspective highlights uh, different uh, resilience characteristics. Yeah. So by MCDA, uh, using by using the MCDA, we could uh, integrate these different decision criteria into one solution ranking.
0: Okay. So with all those methods out of the way and background out of the way, uh, what were your major findings?
1: Um, major findings. Um, so, in current infrastructure development, the adaptive capacity of infrastructure itself is often ignored uh, in choosing the risk management solutions. So, uh, we identified this resilience strategies that emphasizes infrastructure's various capacity, mm-hmm. and we applied them in choosing the solutions for flooding management. So, I think that's one thing that is really important that's other than the risk calculation, we have resilience characteristics that yeah. can be considered for infrastructure
0: design. And so, uh, sorry sorry to cut you off. Uh, you mentioned a term that uh, I'm not sure all of our listeners will be familiar with, adaptive capacity. Yes. Uh, could you just briefly, in like a sentence or two, describe what adaptive capacity is? Sure,
1: so adaptive capacity, um, the kind of the, op- the objective of the adaptive capacity can be varied. But in this uh, uh, context, we're talking about adaptive capacity of infrastructure systems. And then I'm talking about uh, how the infrastructure has certain uh, has ability to um, uh, to change and perform mm-hmm. and maintain its primary intended function uh, along the changing uh, stressors into the system.
0: Yeah, so it's it's kind of like uh, a metric of, of flexibility of, yes. of an infrastructure system. Also,
1: flexibility and also the intended uh, function and yeah. performance of the infrastructure system. Gotcha.
0: Uh, sorry. Uh, continue
1: yeah. So and then uh, maybe um, kind of second finding, major finding of this uh, paper is that uh, we confirmed that the need of new design paradigm, mm-hmm. departing from the uh, traditional like robust and safe design, and uh, we think that it's important that you know this new design paradigm uh, vigorously considers uncertainty in climate projections mm-hmm. and predictions during the decision making processes and and primes infrastructure to be resilient, to enforce in, uh, climate risk. And also, like, I think that in this way, in this context, I think the safe to fail approach um, and design strategy offers like, one kind of solution approach to consolidate the resilience capacity of infrastructure systems by focusing uh, attention on the reinforcing the specific characteristics of the infrastructure. And in order to uh, minimize the consequences of system failure, so yes, safety failure itself uh, being an important design paradigm design, is a major finding.
0: Then that does sound like a major finding. So, do you have future plans to build off of uh, off of this work?
1: Sure. So actually, there are three different works uh, that has been done and going on yeah. uh, of this uh, of this particular uh, paper. So first thing is that um, even though we had, you know, um, kind of studied what state to fail means and what, what this concept actually means and how can you apply them in this paper, um, we also realized there is no working definition of safe to fail. Oh, yeah. so, so um, as a follow-up paper today we uh kind of we worked on like the new definition of state to fail and then and also try to demonstrate like what decisions are needed and how we can address the infrastructure failure um, in the decision processes like focus particularly focused on decision and also um so um in this frame, uh, kind of framing and then the focus on decision process uh, for the state fail approach we uh, revealed uh, like a uh, kind of decision dilemma problem that we need infrastructure trolley problem. Oh uh, yeah. Which means <laughs> that the, the adaptive capacity of some regions might be improved at the expense of others oh, depending yeah. on the solutions. Okay. Uh, depending on the decisions of yeah. uh, infrastructure development decisions. So we in in this work we try to demonstrate that uh, the practical dilemmas of developing infrastructure under Non-stationary climates, um, yeah. and like, how can we guide managing trade-offs in the prioritization of different consequences of infrastructure failure? Yeah. Cool. So that's the kind of tra- uh, theoretical work that we are uh, working on right now. And then or, the... uh, sorry
0: to, to, to hang off again. Uh, so with that, the infrastructure trolley problem. By the way, I love that name. That's a really, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really cool name for what you're describing. So are you talking about uh, decisions on infrastructure affecting? Um, other people and other systems um, spatially or like temporally so it's a decision made now uh, negatively affecting maybe those des- people in the future or a decision made now affecting like somebody down the street
1: so i want to say so save this like a further this uh, deeper discussion on this so you can invite me again when <laughs> 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 this paper comes out but also i want to uh, talk about it a little bit so um, so Actually, both. Not so, well. okay. because currently, when the infrastructure failures are dealt at the uh, at the time of failure itself, yeah. so it's not usually considered in the development practices. Because when you design a system, you don't want to make a system that fails. So failure is often ignored in the design. But in safe fail approach, we have to engage with you know multiple stakeholders to. Um, accommodate their uh, preferences on like the infrastructure function and the protection level and services they provide mm-hmm. in their region, and also the what type of uh, kind of, co- of cost of failure uh, infrastructure failure consequences can be uh, can be experienced by them. Mm-hmm. So then to do that we have to make the decision on the how the, this infrastructure might uh, work in, at the time of failure in the design process mm-hmm. so we are making decision now for the future yeah. future experience right. and then also at the same time this decision will also affect that what region what space or what uh, kind, what attributes of the city will be experienced more failure consequences yeah. than other and then what um, which population will experience more. Consequences and others, yeah. so it has like very tricky decision dilemma. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so to talk about two other <laughs> studies that <laughs> hey, I'm working You've and, been busy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I recently graduated. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> so I had to. You know, I do work hard to bridge it. <laughs> to other studies That um, in the in this uh, two thousand seventeen climate change paper, we used the researcher's perspective to uh, what to think about how say to fail might uh, might can be um, viewed and perceived in different ways. But I think it is really important that you know we need to involve the real practitioners, or the or the stakeholders in the area to determine the current. Uh, adaptive capacity of the region and infrastructure system to climate risk so um, uh, we met with uh, uh, practitioners in this in the area of broader area of city of uh, phoenix Uh, we met with the city city government practitioners and then also county level practitioners and the state level practitioners and then by using the uh, this research uh, tool called q methodology Mm -hmm we engage with them to uh, explore what what are, what are their perspective on the safe to fail and then how their experience and their role in both institutions might affect their uh, framing of safe to fail, which uh, which, uh, which uh, to deal with the flood management in the Phoenix area. Yeah. So that's the second work that I'm working on. The third work that um, is more um, your uh, presents, uh Idea um, that we work on is since um, I have this role of city comparisons working group, um, postdoc scholar within the UX um, yeah. I I I wanted to know that how the safe fail performs in different space and uh, different um, contexts yeah. in different cities, and also I I am also interested to I- identify is green infrastructure, say to fail, yeah. because green infrastructure is a really uh, valuable um, uh, approach to design an uh, infrastructure system right. to enhance the uh, natural uh, ecosystem value and then follow the natural cycle of mm-hmm. the to deal with the climate risk. But uh, this green infrastructure is often uh, conflated with say to fail, but I think yeah. they are different. So. Um, if you think about uh, that the green infrastructure that, that is not, uh, that is designed without the consideration of the infrastructure failure, mm-hmm. I think that's still a uh, fail-safe. Um, maybe a common example is that a small-scale rain gardens that experience uh, ponding leading to nearby flooding. Yeah. And then, you know, there, if, they, if it's not designed the way to manage the consequences, you know, there are possible health impacts, ecosystem disruptions, and business yeah. disruption coming from that. So, yeah. That's kind of not,
0: um, uh, that's one, one word that I am uh, working on right now. Yeah, that's a cool idea, because I think, I think uh, you're right and that. I think people sort of assume that green infrastructure must be safe to fail inherently, but it's mm-hmm. a good point that it might not necessarily <laughs> be, need to check our assumptions. Uh, so great, thank you so much for describing uh, that paper, but now it's time for the ultimate challenge, uh, which I like to ask uh, scientists when I interview them about papers, which is to summarize your paper,
1: In the form of a haiku, so there you go. Okay, so I didn't know what haiku is, so I googled it, and then um, I found out that it's a traditional Japanese uh, uh, form of Mm poems. But um, Stephen knows that I I originally come from South Korea, and actually we have a kind of similar. format of um, a poem, yeah. called Sijo. So Sijo is a Korean traditional poetic form that emerged in the Korea period, and then flourished during the Joseon dynasty, and is still written today, um, referenced by Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 and um, it also, uh, it's consisted of uh, three lines, um, original 14 and uh, 16 syllables, mm-hmm. and then it actually have a very uh, interesting um, kind of structure it uh, starts with introducing the uh, situation or the theme and then it develops in the second line and then, and then in the third line you have to twist it and then make a conclusion about oh, it. <laughs> So um, okay.
0: I love I, lo- I love that this has now turned into a poetry lesson. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, so I'm going to make a shijo. Fantastic! <laughs> yes, Looking forward to it. Let's hear. It. Okay, so we have tried our best to predict climate risk. Can we ever build infrastructure that never fails? We can't predict failure. Let's keep calm and build safe to fail.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that you you went above and beyond (laughs) what I asked. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that was great. Uh, Alright, that's everything that I have for you. Thank you so much, Yeowon, for joining us today and uh, sharing with us your insights and knowledge. Uh, I hope that this was informative and entertaining for people listening at home. Uh, anything else you want to say before we go? Uh,
1: thank you, Stephen. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Also, the uh, opportunity that I can talk and about uh, my research with and share it with other people. Um, and if the uh, audiences, listeners have any questions about my paper and current research or about shijo, <laughs> please uh, contact me through my email, yeowonduckkim at It's y e o w o n k i m. Perfect.
0: Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. The Future Cities Podcast is an outreach effort brought to you by the Urban Resilience to Extremes Sustainability Research Network, or UREX, as we usually refer to it. To learn more about UREX, visit www.sustainability.asu.edu forward slash urban resilience. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at futurecitiespodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at futurecitiespod. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.